This is the Bar Stewards Enquiry. You are talking absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. In, in what way? You are an underachiever in life. You were, I saved your bacon one time. You were gone. Well, I couldn't save you. I, I don't know if you are, but you said the right thing. But well, that's why you don't know anything about racing, John. I, I didn't say I do. Right? I'm saying that. What have you contributed to racing? You are one of these take-out merchants. Take out all you can. And a very warm welcome to the Bar Stewards Inquiry. It's sacre bleu. It's Longchamp weekend. We've got the Sun Chariot at Newmarket. We've wheeled out our best judges this weekend for an action-packed show. We've got Catherine Fry that's got some exciting national hunt bets in Ireland uh, and over here as well. So this is this is, this is is the show not to miss. John Leng's got a massive priced horse at Redcar. Andy Richmond's raring to go. And Quentin Franks is here again uh, to literally make this, hopefully, the best weekend podcast um, of the racing weekend. Good evening, chaps. Good evening. Good evening. evening. Good evening. Yes. So without further ado, because it's certainly a busy show, we, we've not took any questions this week. But as I said, we do value your questions and make sure you get them in on Sunday for the sermon for me and John, where we, you know, we'll talk a lot of piffle um, for 45 minutes. And, um, you know, you can make us look stupid. Ask us anything, whatever you want. Um, bear against a shark in three feet of water, whatever, whatever you want to do. But, you know, what will win that battle? I don't know. Um, right. We'll move on. New market is where we go uh, tomorrow and it's the sun chariot card not the it's quite a weird card this because since they split all the races up you've got a, a group one um event backed up by a an auction race and a philly's handicap for itv anyways we go to the 145 which is the, uh, the race that kicks us off for the weekend on this show, and it's the 10 furlong Premier Phillies handicap, £50,000 to the winner. And Andrew Balding and Roger Varian are sharing market leaders with Achelois and an Ensemble um, at around the 11 to 2 mark. So, who shall I start with first? I'm coming to you, Andy, first to kick us off on this uh, on this brilliant weekend show. We've got loads to get through. I'll keep it short and sweet, which is unusual for me. Um, but- <laughs> Go with uh, Rafe or Ralph, first of all. State occasion. It's not a massive race I'd want to get. I will preface the comments by saying I wouldn't want to massively get involved in anything on this new market card. As you say, it is rather strange. But a thought state occasion ran a decent race last time out. Fourth at, at, uh, on the 4th of September at Ascot. Class 2 handicap. Second at 10 under the uh, the train driver, Rob Hornby, for those who don't yes. know. Um, <laughs> um, yes. To... Uh, don't tell Claire. Um, just lost a bit of momentum at a crucial stage. Kept on well to be second, beating a length and a quarter. I think the form stacks up quite nicely. Lightly race sort this year. Sort of filly I quite like in the autumn. Haven't got too many miles on the clock. And I think she should be going close in this for Rafe or Ralph Beckett. State occasion around the 8-1 to one mark, Ali. Yes, uh, 8.5 to 1 is available, Andy. So that's, that's, a, that's a good shout. Yep, state occasion. Um, uh, I'll I'll fill in my piece for this uh, this race. I've got one of my best bets of the weekend in this um, state occasion that I do much respect. Um, uh, I do think the improvement will come from the step up in trip as well. I think very well weighted off eighty four has major claims, but wouldn't want any rain. Wouldn't want certainly any rain that's forecast mm. tomorrow in the ground by. If Raja out of a royal applause mare, I'd be worried if the ground got um, very gluey and sticky for that. Um, so in the race. I'm going for, when we can all say after the race, we've been Spencered. 
Um, <laughs> via Sistina of Joe Tweet, um, available at 16 to 1. Fascinate, fascinate rock filly. Um, she was very, very impressive. Sluice through the mud uh, in May at Goodwood over the 10 furlongs, one by five and a half wickets uh, with Indian Jim on board and absolutely just uh, impressed me physically. A, a real big filly, this. Um, and so where did this end the next time? Well, they went in July to Longchamp for a group two. Um, so they were, they were very confident they got a nice filly on their hands here, unless it was just... But they, they got Buick in the saddle. Um, she disappointed, maybe a bit bit too soon for this this stage of her career. But I find it I find it very interesting. She's back in a handicap off eighty nine after a break because, as I say, she is a big filly, and I, I ain't got a problem with the slightly quicker ground because it probably ride good to soft tomorrow. I think at that time of day, even if the rain does arrive. Um, but nevertheless, I think she's a major chance. Really like her on looks, and she's the one for me with that high draw. And the reason I'm going with high draws tomorrow, I know it stalls on the far side, but there's a very strong south southeasterly tomorrow, which will be blowing right across them, slightly in the faces. Um, mm. And that obviously on the far side, they're the ones that's going to uh, hit first. So I'm not really a front running man tomorrow. Watch, watch, watch there be six or seven front runners win tomorrow, uh, as, as per. But that's that's the angle I'm playing that I want a bit of cover. And just just slightly away from that very sharp crosswind, which does pick up throughout the day. Right, Quentin, I'll come to you uh, for your uh, analysis of this. Uh, I like the market leader chaos here. Um, I felt she should have won last time out at York. A uh, quarter of a back than ideal when a steadily run race. I kind of went into that race thinking that good to firm ground wouldn't suit her. So I know new markets just changed to good ground, but it kind of depends when the rain's going to hit tomorrow. So I think it'll be. Good, good ground at worst for her. Um, well, good to soft would be fine. Soft would be even better, but uh, time shall tell in regards to that. I think she's still well handicapped. She went through the race like the best horse, uh, found trouble in running, and there, there, there's more to come. Um, one, at the other end of the market that I was interested in, if the rain did come, I think about 33 to 1, is Alpine Minstrel. Uh, she shaped fine last time out on a on a comeback run of the 111 days off the track. Uh, it was over a mile at Sandown. They went steady. She kind of got outpaced and plodded on, shaping like the run would bring her on. Um, she's got decent form in the mud, so it is a case of if the rain does come, then she's, she's probably worth a small dart as well. So yeah, that would be my take on the race. Good stuff. So Quentin is uh, a fan of the Andrew Baldwin Actual War, which is uh, 11 to 2, and Alpine Mistral. If the rain comes, obviously that filly by Gale Force 10 enjoys some juice in the ground and available at 33 to 1. So keep an eye on that weather, folks, uh, for Quentin's uh, other selection uh, if the bad weather arrives. John, uh, I'll come to you. Yeah, quite a nice race, this. Um... I've gone with Great Vibes, who was thought good enough to contest the Group 2 race at two years. Whatever ailed her and kept her off the track till last month certainly isn't ailing her now. She came back with a hugely eye-catching run at uh, Kempton on the all-weather, over a wholly inadequate seven furlongs, running on like a nicely warmed engine when she got the ring rust out of her system. Uh, two, she was only a neck behind Spirit of Bermuda in a nice race, that one's 189 now. This release by showcasing but out of a day lamb he may and will relish this extra three furlongs compared to the seven furlong debut this year. Good bet for me this at twenty. Good analysis there, John. Great vibes. Second off the trainer change from uh, 
George Scott, who was tr- struggling to train Ivy up, up a wall at one point, and um, Michael Bell has taken control of the reins there. And like you say, an in- very interesting shout. That's one out of the box for John. He likes them. Uh, 20 to 1 available. So that's the 145 covered, the first race. Um, hope you uh, find the right selection from one of us. Hopefully it's all, not all pink button stuff. Um, 220 races, the new market Tattersall's October auction stakes, £150,000 sales race. Uh, Fear Buy is the clear top rated on official ratings. 104 gets Brian Moore in the saddle and he's 7-2 to two favourite. John, I'm coming straight back to you on this. Um, I'm going with Foden here. I think this out of all these, I think this still has the potential to be a fairly good horse. I think the rest, you, you pretty much know what you're getting. I think Fabry's the best of the exposed lot. Um, and for those that are so inclined, can maybe have a saver. But I think Foden won't be too inconvenient by the drop back in the trip. I think it's quite a nice horse in the making. Be ridden handy. I think there's still a little smidgen of value in the price. Okay, dokie. Okay. So, so Foden at uh, 12 to 1 with uh, Thor Hammer Hansen um, in the saddle, uh, drawn in stall nine for John in the, uh, the the auction race. Andy, I'll come to you for your choice here. Uh, that's, that's not my sort of race, really, but um, Fearby is the obvious choice because he's rated 104, and the next best is Ernie's Valentine, who's rated at 91. There's a whole host of them we haven't got a rating yet, um, and we're down to down amongst the dead dead men at 56, and some of them. I suppose if there's a, a, a smidgen of value here somewhere, and a couple that might be worth playing. Bearing in mind your comments about the draw, Lee, and I probably want to be drawn higher rather than lower here. So fear be feared uh, fared quite well, but I thought Ernie's Valentine, who's the next best in the. Uh, in the terms of the official ratings, he's won his last two. Um, interesting. I mean, they're obviously going to have a go for a big pot here. Um, most of his form is on, I like say, his last, both his wins, the recent wins are on the old weather, but he did win on the turf first time out. So I'd certainly give him a chance. And the other one I thought was interesting, who might not have been finished improving yet, is for his um, Tatsumaki. Sounds like the new Arsenal right back, but um, <laughs> uh, um, he's unbeaten so far give him a chance it'd be a, they'd be to be honest with you they'd be a couple of small fun throwaway bets in a race where you know i'm quite happy to watch really but i thought if there was a little bit of value or perceived value it'd be tatsumaki and ernie's valentine um from the from the draws that they've got under a couple of decent pilots neil callan who's back nice to see back in this country and william buick who should be riding for his life at the moment and and I I concur with you on both horses really that those were my two choices uh, against Fearby. I'm not saying uh, you know I wouldn't want to be with Fearby with the obviously it's obvious unofficial ratings, um, but I I just think Ernie's Valentine for similar reasons to you and Tatsumaki, but Ernie's Valentine caught my eye at Chelmsford because it's very difficult to come from off the pace mm. over the six there, and the way he did that was very impressive, and and I thought I I think that's a horse going forwards, and I think we'll be suited by being dropped out off a strong pace um, and coming 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 late uh, from shelter from the wind, possibly. Uh, so Ernie's Valentine is probably my choice for the race at 12 to 1, without being overconfident. Quentin, I'm going to come to you for your choice. Uh, Havana 
the one by Havana Gold, uh, Furby's the one to beat, like um, John said. Official ratings, well clear, rock solid form, but he's kind of exposed now. Um, I've kind of gone left field one a, a bit, and a really unexposed one in the shape of Stubble Field. Um, really poor time on debut, um, but it was down to a steady pace. They crawled and, and, and quickened. Um, she was green under pressure. Um, stayed on was the moral moral winner on the day when you you factor in factor in sectionals. Um, the yard Simon Pierce's yard wouldn't be a, a regular source of de- debut winners, so um, you would expect her to come on fitness wise for it. I thought the interesting thing was she's by a day um, sire with a notoriously poor record on um, good to firm ground. I think it's like four from 123 circa 3.3% strike rate and the 0.25 actual over expected. Um, yeah. So any rain that comes, she should appreciate that. Um, one of the siblings was a heavy ground winner as well. Uh, I doubt we'll get to that stage like soft, heavy ground, but any, any dig in the ground will benefit her. Um, fourth and fifth have come out of the race and won since, and uh, yeah, she looks a, a, a shade overpriced. At, I think she's about fourteen to one. Fourteen to one, really interesting call. And you, 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 you raise my my attention there because the winner Kanjar is very highly regarded by the Haggis camp, um, and um, they thought obviously the ground beat Kanjar at Goodwood, and they they actually thought that the horse was a good thing at Ascot. A real good thing, you know. They they couldn't have it beat. The shirt couldn't have couldn't have it beat, and yet Stubblefield give it the fright of its life, um, albeit getting a bit of weight. But nevertheless, um, it was still um, um, a good performance. Good shout, fourteen. So hope hope you uh, like the selections there. Uh, we move on to the two fifty five race, which is the Kingdom of Bahrain Sun Chariot Group One. A, a, a really good renewal, to be fair. I wouldn't say it's the the possibly the classiest renewal. I've ever seen, but in terms of, of of real quality fillies, but but we've got probably the the best of, uh, or some of the best of the three. Old Snow Lantern heads the market five to two. Mother Earth, Saffron Beach, all Group One form, um, mixed in with a with a couple of older types that are, are in good form, like Lavender's Blue. Um, interesting race this, uh, Quentin. I'm going to bounce straight back to you on the Sun Chariot. I thought it was a horrible race. I kind of went backwards and forwards and, and trying to try to find an angle into it and kind of came to the conclusion that the, the market was about right. No speak Alexander had the run of things last time out. Mother Earth should have won that race. Um, she was hampered on multiple occasions. Champers Elise, she got tightened up for room. She may be of some sort of interest. Um, I think you had mentioned it earlier in the year. The concerning thing with um, Snow Lantern was... It was Richard Hannon's comments about um, the Roly Mar not suiting her and uh, yeah. becoming unbalanced. That's why she didn't run in the the novice there or go to the Guineas. Um, I, I think she's the right favourite. I think she's the one to beat. But then comments are just sitting there in the back of my mind and kind of put me off her. So I no bet, but she's the one to beat. Very, very fair shout, that Quentin. Yeah, uh, same reasons for me. I was sort of all over Snow Lantern, um, you know, in, in terms of uh, a level of form, the way the race is probably going to be uh, ridden, uh, the fact that she's going to be held up. Um, I, I just I just like that call at Newmarket tomorrow. I think it'd be a decent pace of, in the race. I just think she'd get the run of the race. But like you say, that's got to be in the back of anyone's mind that Richard Allen did not want to run in the Guineas with, um, um, with this filly. But then, turns up at then in the July course and then wins the Falmouth, you know, which is yeah. probably not as, you know, I agree. It's not as, um, 
uh, certainly like the the dip the dip on the Rowley is probably more of a test than 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 than, than the July course, but it's still the same reason. I don't know, but it's one of them. It's it's a gin and pe- and, and John and Pate race uh, for me. Um, John, come to you on the uh, the Sun Chariot. I think it's a bit of a match to be honest. I think Mother Earth is a danger to Snow Lantern, and Mother Earth probably has a little bit more value in it because she's won there and. I thought Snow Lantern was a little bit dead last time, and uh, way back in April, Hannon was saying, oh, she's always going to want further than a mile, this one, and here we are in frigging October, and he's still in the mile, so he's a bit of a twat as well, isn't he? So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Hannon the twat. I'll, I'll go with Mother Earth. Yeah, Mother Earth for John, mm. 130, uh, Hannon the twat. Um, <laughs> to run second to Mother Earth for being a twat. Um, <laughs> to, on that note, we'll come to Andy. Uh, thoughts here? <laughs> what the note of being a twat? Oh, that's right. <laughs> Hannon the twat. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's been an, this has been an all age race since 1974. Um, but if you look over the past, what, four decades, the elders actually win 28-12, but I can't really see them adding to their score this time around. I think the three-year-olds really dominate. And there are the obvious two, aren't they? Snow Lantern and uh, Mother Earth. I, in a what, I think I agree with John. I think it probably is boils down to being pretty much of a match for me. Um, I tend to favour Mother Earth. Um, O'Brien's won this three times before. Uh, and the, the, the one that, thing that sort of, tilts it in its favour, tilts it in Mother's Earth's favour is that eight of the last 11 winners have had ex, have, have won a race over the Rowley Mile. And of course, Mother Earth has done that. Wasn't beaten far in the Falmouth by Snow Lantern when, you know, there's half a length in it. That race has worked out really well. She then won the pre-Rothschild. She was an unlucky third in the Matron where she should have probably beaten No Speak Alexander. Um, I think I'd probably favour her. If there's one that that's been a little bit forgotten, it would actually be Saffron Beach, who didn't stay in the Oaks, scoped badly out of the, the Falmouth, and then went off at a, a, a monster price when winning Atalanta Stakes, because um, she should have been about, what, much of two to one on a guineas running. Um, the win, winners have come from that Sandown listed race, but that was when this was a 10 furlong group two. Uh, so might not be as relevant now, but if you judge her on her course and distance running the guineas, if you wanted a saver, I'd be more inclined to go Mother Earth as the main play and save on Saffron Beach. And almost that almost becomes, I know there's a lot of other horses in the, in the race, but it almost becomes a sort of pseudo lay of Snow Lantern, who, like you boys, I just feel a little bit doubtful about, you know, if they haven't run, if they didn't want to run her there before, have they almost been forced into running her here now? Essentially. Not, I'm not a race they'd want to play majorly in, but there are a few thoughts that you could cobble together. And at the prices, I'd favour Mother Earth with a small saver on Saffron Beach. Yeah, I think I, I'd favour I'd favour Tarquin's bathtub gin, 57%, um, <laughs> with a slice of liver pate, um, just on a nice piece of Marks and Spencer's crusty loaf, um, just as they're racing. Um, that'll be my level of interest. But I hope that's uh, covered the Sun Chariot for us. Uh, we, uh, I, li- I like, I like, I like Hannon suiting him now. I think that's that's a good one. That one. Thanks to John. Um, right, we're gonna just 
go something different now. We're going to bring Catherine Fry into the fold because poor Catherine's just been listening to all idiots waffle on um, about flat racing when the jump race is starting to get into swing and Gower and Park tomorrow, Catherine. Yeah, it's it now. Shots fired, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. This is it. Um, some cracking jumping action this weekend, both Saturday and Sunday. So, take it. I have got, I have got a fancy on the flat, but um, no surprise it comes in a imprint, apprentice handicap at Kalani. Stuff of dreams for me, you know. Brilliant. <laughs> well, I know you've got like four real nice picks. Um, oh, five for you now. Five, five, five. Right, yeah, five then. Right. So, where do you want to start us with your uh, your well, selections tomorrow? We'll look at the um, the champion chase at uh, Gore and the PwC champion chase. It's a sure. fantastic race for this time of year. Um, does always seem to get a, a good few uh, worthy contenders stepping forward. Um, you've got the Arkle and Queen Mother winner put the kettle on. I actually, you know how much I love this mare. She's so tough. She's brilliant. Um, I do. I know she's one right-handed, but I often wonder is she not as comfortable right-handed as left-handed. And certainly she, in her last start of last season, she got very fizzed up at Sandown and um, something put her off at the first jump left and after that, the jumping let her down, which is unbelievable when you, when you sort of see how well she jumps Cheltenham, as it'll see notoriously hard to jump. Um, She does head the market at around five to two. Um, Obviously, I'll be shouting for her. Not sure if this is a betting race for me, but if I do have a bet, um, I think that there is a horse lurking further down the prices. If the rain comes, and I really hope it does, because this would be his sort of festival, really. The horse I'm talking about, he's not a, uh, a grade one spring festival horse, but he, he's, he's very nearly there. I'm talking about Castle Grace Paddy. Um, yeah. Absolutely loves the mud. He's effective at two miles, two mile four. So this race is over two mile four. And I think this, this is going to be her biggest danger if the rain comes. I say that, you know, something like this is going to be his his champion chase. Um, so I'm just going to be watching the weather very carefully at Goran. And if there is an absolute deluge, um, I might throw a bit um, on a Castle Grace Paddy. Um, other than that, I'd absolutely love to see put the cattle on win but we know obviously this this is not going to be her main target Her her main target goes to uh, regaining her crown in march but yeah do do look at castle grace paddy if the rains come very interesting shout second easy game in exactly. the devonish yeah. only just got beat three quarters of a length and he has been a plutar yes so, yeah. and he's, he's a good horse he's just not quite there at the spring festival level and wants juice in the ground. So so yeah. we, we need to we need to do the rain dance for Castle Grace Paddy. If the rain comes, listeners, um, is a very viable shout at double figure prices. Okay, Catherine, where are we going next? Oh we'll, we'll pop uh, we'll pop down to Kalani. Um three forty five apprentice handicap. You know how much I love these races. They're so they're so they're just they're just so dirty, it's it's unbelievable. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, horse called C Sessions, um, stable and jockey going well at present. Oh, uh, yeah. Three-year-old filly, she's still improving. Um, she's basically dropped two pounds from being fourth at Navin. I don't really get that because that was like one mile or six, which I think might be stretching her a little bit at this stage. Um, still rated 64. I think she's she's definitely improved from the step up in trip in the last three starts. And I, I think there's a little bit more, more room for improvement there. 
Um, she, she's one over one mile two, but one mile three, which I think is within within her range. Um, and I, I really fancy her tomorrow. So isn't that a horse to follow? Yes, it, I was just about to say this is one of my horses to follow for the season. Not at a high level or anything like that, but absolutely. The, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. You like this? I, I, you've got me extremely. Yeah, really, really, she just stood out like a like a beacon when I looked right. at the card. She's by territories, and territories have got an absolutely r- ridiculous strike rate so far on on soft ground, soft and heavy ground. Yeah. Now it's yield, yielding to soft. I'd yeah. imagine it probably soften up come post time there even more yeah. um she's last two starts you can see the owner might the owner wants to sell because obviously they they ran it in a in a claimer at fairy house yes, which, she which she won no yeah. one claimed and you know you they probably just want uh, one you know but she's got more to come because definitely like, more to come. I, yeah. I really think that this ground and this uh, this trip is perfect for her so I, i'm quite excited for this bet tomorrow catherine so that's a really good choice Everything is in its favour. Yeah. Uh, C sessions, Mikey She on board fifteen to two. Avail yourself yeah. for some of that. Absolutely, uh, good yeah. second choice. Yeah. Um. So we'll pop we'll pop uh, pop back to this country. We'll go to Fontwell tomorrow. Um. See one of my horses that I've been waiting to run for a while. Um. Mister One More, Harry Fry, Kevin Brogan on board. Um. I think obviously this horse has had a lot of problems along with him being strangled once or twice um but this this looks um a likely place for him to pop up and I've, I've been waiting to see where they place him so really just on that the fact that i've had him floating around my notes for for so long i think he's in the 510 at fontwell uh tomorrow um looking at sunday i know obviously sunday is all about the arc and i appreciate that but for jumping fans if you're like looking to sort of start your national hunt notebook if you sort of write notes and stuff sunday is a brilliant place to start you got brilliant <laughs> jumping action like kalani kelso tipperary and utoxeter um very very interesting at kelso um in the um simply ned i think we've got the clearest indication that uh john joe O'Neill jr is set to be jp mcmanus's number one this season in, in England, of course, Mark Walsh, number one in Ireland, that he, he takes them out on Ballyoshin in the Simply Ned for good old Edna, Edna Bolger. Um, but I, I think that that is a clear indication of, of things to come, really. Um, yes, read, reading between those those lines in the in the Simply Ned. But I, I do have a selection in the Joe Mack um, hurdle at Tipperary, the opening race on the Sunday. There's a few in here that have won at the summer festivals, and my selection is one of those. Um, Annie G for the lovely Henry de Bromhead, a listed race winner at Galway. She can hit one or two along the way, but I think she's a very, very, very smart mare. Um, and she's actually favourite. I know you were saying, Lee, before that, if I had a favourite, you'd back her. Um, so, yeah, she she is favourite. She's around two to one at the moment, but she's, I think I think she's very smart. So that would be my um, my selection in, in the Joe Mack. And a, and a little one for you, this is quite interesting. And thank Christ we have James Bowen on board and, and not Nico. Mm-hmm. Uh, he rides a, another horse in the race. But um, very interesting, the Bomber Liston has had a wind up and he runs in the main herd and the last at Utoxeter on Sunday. James Bowen on board, benefit of the wind up. Has always looked like he 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 had the engine, and um, hopefully now they've done something about his wind. But uh, yes, thank the Lord for James Bowen and not Nico de Bonville. So that there endeth my um, Friday night sermon. 
absolutely outstanding. Um, yeah, I applaud you there. That's some, some really good choices. And I'm I'm doubly excited now. I, I don't think I've ever known you took me a two-to-one shot in a year. So, I, yeah. like, Annie G, um, yeah. if you're listening to this, this is this is the power nap. This is it's pressure on Friday. It's pre- big pressure, but it's two to one, and I, I'd I'd back anything that Fry says to me under four. If Fry says anything to me under four to one, and so you just back it blind because Fry loves a big price. So the fact that she's still she's still keen on this um, says it all. So great, Catherine. It's been an absolute pleasure. To have you back on the show and obviously Catherine will be will be playing a massive part this winter in the bar stewards um via the website which is currently being built uh, articles will be be written on there and also Catherine will be partaking in much more pods this winter as the national hunt season gets into full swing so brilliant Catherine thank you very much for that thank you so we move on to um our next part of the show which is covering Ascot uh, tomorrow um and we've got four races on the telebox and we go to the oakman group rouse stakes over five furlongs tomorrow and a favorite of mine hurricane Ivor, did me a, did me a massive favor last time did andy richmond a big favor um the time before um you know uh, his favorite 100 to 30 for the shagging shirt andy i'm going to come to you first on this well let's stay with the shagger because uh, i think hurricane <laughs> Ivor. Um, let's have him to complete the hat trick. I mean, it's not an easy race, this, but this this race is actually, um, if you look at the race that um, Hurricane Ivor won before, it's actually been a very, very good guide to this race. Uh, in fact, it's produced the winner of this race about eight or nine times now. The one thing I'd say about Hurricane Ivor is if you are playing in running and you can find some pictures which are not about 25 seconds behind on the, the Sky Sports racing ones are, or maybe <laughs> like to play blind and stick something in. I would say that in both his wins, uh, and this is my sort of particular forte, more on the, as people who know me well, more over the jumps than anything, it's, you know, I concentrate on run styles and how horses run, etc., etc. I would say that Hurricane Ivor at his current price, I probably wouldn't be backing but I would like to back him in running because he does find for pressure. He hit a high of 20 when he won the Portland. If you go and watch the race, probably watch it halfway, you probably start thinking he ain't going to win this. Of course, he obviously does. And then the Group 3 won last time out of Newbury. Even at halfway, I'm thinking, hmm, if I didn't know what he picked up out of last time out, I wouldn't be too keen on this. And he hit 18 as a high there. So... He probably needs a little bit of a pace collapse. I think he's a better horse over six furlongs. But if I was going to, if I am, and I am going to back him tomorrow, if I think they've gone off quick enough and I have got up-to-date pictures, um, I'd probably rather back him at halfway than I would at the current prices. But I do think he's a very, very good horse and he's going to be a a brilliant sprinter next year. Good stuff, Andy. And I think... I think, Andy, you will get that uh, pace collapse because you've got King of Stars... um, Uh, with D'Souza on blast off, you've got significantly as long as uh, he doesn't miss the break and 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 pings the he'll he'll go blast off the cut to gold etc. I, I think you will get that lovely pace. Uh, you, you, touch on a, you touch on an important point there, Lee, and it's one that drives me absolutely mad when I see some people. I won't, I'm not going to name anyone, um, but you know they put up you know front runners and things like that, and they never look at the overall pattern of a race then there might be four other front runners in the race and they never take the whole picture into account. 
And there's a lot of people doing that on the net and on the web and they don't take out, uh, and it annoys me, <laughs> you know, they don't look at the whole gamut of how a race could be run if you could get yep. a pace collapse, if there's a contested pace. It's, oh, this horse has traded at this price that many times. Uh, it will get, it's going to, you know, it will do that again. Now, I'm not going to say that Hurricane Iver is going to, you know, pick up out of that, but the trade would say that. But, you know, I, I, I don't like that sort of that sort of analysis. You've got to take the whole picture into account. And it's comforting that you say that. And I'd already sort of had a look myself that there could well be a pace collapse in this tomorrow. It doesn't mean that there is going to be, because as we know, hopes racing isn't an exact science. But I think he's probably got the race set up quite nicely for him. Um, and that you would be disappointed if he didn't pick up out of a, off that pace tomorrow precisely i'm with you on on the either um john lang yeah i can't have a lot to that really i, I think eric and i was in good form looks sure to keep putting up the difference between now and the end of the season it'd be in the pattern class zone um, i think kate busy will run well over this course and distance probably the one to chase him on but i couldn't put anybody off eric and ever okie dokie quentin I think I think the market's got it wrong, um, and I take on board what Andy said about the pace of the race. Um, I think Dakota Colt Gold should be favourite here. Um, oh, it's okay. a, a case of just ground, and it, it's not had its ground all season. Uh, Beverly last time in the bullet, it was rattling fast. I think Time said it was kind of on the firm side, but he went like there's still life in him. And you, I've got doubts about Hurricane Iver on it being, I think it'll be heavy come what time we, uh, 2.05. I generally think the ground will be heavy by then. Um, yeah. Doubts about the Clive Cox horse, I don't particularly think they'll run if it turns up soft, heavy, and that sort of thing. Um, anyway, back to Dakota Gold. He won, he won it in 2019 um, when it was here. He won it last year at Nottingham. He, he's underfoots his thing. He just strung, strung races together last season when getting them conditions. Um, he gets, he'll have soup-like conditions, and I, I generally think he's one of the only ones that really handle it. Interesting. That's that's a very bullish, uh, Quentin. Very bullish there. I like it when people um, make a make a very uh, you know uh, opinionated stance. And 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 Quentin makes a point about the ground there. Obviously, this horse thrived uh, for the ground last back end. Um, you know, really did hit a, a rich vein of form. He won, um, won on this card last year, Lee, because he won the Ben Goff Stakes last year overseas. Yeah. Was it not yeah. Nottingham last year? Yeah, I think. Yeah, not, Nottingham last year. God knows. Same, same race yeah. last year. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, no, I, that's a, that's a really, 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 really good shout from Quentin there. So sometimes it's great when you have all, when, when we all come together, we don't know what we're tipping. Sometimes y- your choice is usurped by another contributor because you, you actually think, do you know what? You know, sometimes I've left the pod even thinking, you know, I'm I'd rather go with that opinion than my own sometimes. You know, it, sometimes somebody makes a better point of view and maybe that's the case here. Dakota Gold, listeners, what do you think to that one? That's Quentin's choice in the 205. We move on to the 240. It's the uh, 12 furlongs Cumberland Lodge. Uh, I like this race because it, it brings back a lot of good memories. I, I, I back to horse cut many, many moons ago. I had a, I won a, a very large bet on kind regards trained by the kilt um uh, to win this race she absolutely bolted up in this um so i've got fond memories of this race and i always try and like to back the winner um i i felt um 
Uh, just listening to what Quentin said, he, he thinks the ground will be very testing come 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 this sort of time tomorrow. So bear, I'm bearing that in mind. That brings Quickthorn into into the equation. I know John was very impressed with title last time out at Doncaster. Um, that that sort of uh, took 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 John's eye because um, he, he kind of tweeted last time. John, if I'm right, you said why isn't why didn't they just chance this in the ledger? Yes, um... you know. It uh, it was a bit of a mystery to me. That's how, I think they could have they could have gone there with that. Yeah. yeah. What's your thoughts? On, what's your thoughts on the Cumberland Lodge? Well, I think this is a and probably seeing as how they didn't go up the ledger, I think it's uh, it's probably an ideal sort of race for a title. Really, um, I don't take the fancy a lineac. Um, the year hasn't really progressed in all the one in the last three years. Sangarius, Ayers, Graham, May Frankel, they were all expected to find ten ten pound or stone this year. None of them made any any gains at all. Been desperate with the older ones. Um Hookham's getting to the point of training off. This is his seventh run of the year. Um I think yeah, I think I think the high clear house is never going to bait, really. Yeah. Um, so title for John um, around the seven to two mark. David Egan in the saddle. Quentin coming to you for the Cumberland Lodge. Uh, I'm in the camp of being against Hookham here. Um, ground training off. He really, really should have kicked Hamish at the touch at Kempton and didn't. Um, it was a toss up between title and quick form. Um, just slightly favoured quick form. Tactically, I feel. He's versatile when he won over course and distance in the Duke of Edinburgh. He, he pretty pretty much sat handy and just ground them out. The only you know the the reason it swayed me away from title. I'm still not fully convinced about him. I think I said on the Doncaster podcast just um, about his willingness for it, um, but that, that was on fast ground. He got soft conditions at Doncaster and. The head carriage wasn't as bad as it was. He looked a bit more comfortable, but I'd just like to see him do it and put it in when he when he has to battle for it. Um, the Doncaster race was was soft enough, time was modest enough, so I just want to see him do it. He's got he's obviously got obvious obvious upside, but uh, quick quick form for me ahead of him. The rest look a much of a muchness. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm pretty much in, in in agreement with both of you there. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's a fascinating race. Um, I think the softer it gets, the more likely I'm to back Quickthorn. Um, if you know, if if we really see the, the the mud flying and the times really slow, then Quickthorn is is going to be on my radar. I think come post time, um, but that's something that we we've got the luxury of waiting, waiting and seeing the elements, you know, before before we go in. So yeah, good stuff. Uh, Andy, any any thoughts from you here? I think I'd be in the the Quickthorn camp. Um, I wasn't particularly impressed with Hookham's finishing effort last time out on the all-weather. Um, title, again, I agree with Quentin. I'd, I'd just like to see him put it in. I didn't like the head carriage, particularly at Doncaster. Um, and if the, the current prices, those two take out 50% of the market. Um, and I think I'd probably rather be with Quickton. Obviously, a course and distance winner won the Duke of Edinburgh. The second in the e-ball reads particularly well now to Sonny Boy Liston, who's obviously gone on and won the Group 1 Irish and Ledger. He won a small field conditions race at Salisbury last time out, although he blew the start. It didn't really matter. But I just think on the, you know, on the balance of probabilities, I'd rather be with him at the prices. He's actually been 
a little bit of money for him since I since I wrote those notes, uh, and he seems to be edging in nearer and nearer Quickthought, nearer and nearer title, and probably nearer Hookham. And as I say, if we did get a real deluge, it's not really forecast. It's for rain forecast there in the morning, although as we know, it doesn't take a lot of rain to turn most courses to a slop these days. Um, then I'd probably just be with Quickthought, not you know not massively, but I think on the the balance of probabilities, I'd be with Quickthought. Agreed. So we're kind of all, all on a similar hymn sheet there. We all thought Hookham was disappointing with the finishing effort at Kempton. Um, the element, the word pig was branded around in uh, in my social circles. Um, you know, poor Hookham. You know, he's won, he's won three this year. And he absolutely sent Blogger spiralling downwards. Uh, how's that got beat? It was was Blogger's tweet after Hookham. Um, That's because well, he, he put it up. That's why. Even <laughs> even even the stallion stiffened it. Um, so yeah, so so there we go. Yeah, I think I think we're more or less concurring thereabouts. There we move to the three fifteen, which is the uh, John Guest Racing um, Bengoff Stakes. So it's a Group Three affair, um, and it's. Uh, Decent, decent prize money from Ascot tomorrow. I like this. You know, eighty thousand guaranteed, forty-five thousand for a Group Three winner, kind of match in France. Um, Glenn Shield uh, is seven to two market leader. Faces a huge class drop, an, an enormous class drop from what he's had to, to contend with, Deauville, etc. Uh, top Group Ones. Um, that's an interesting class dropper. Uh, no Holly in the saddle. Paul Paul will run and takes over. Seven to two favourite. Quentin, I'm bouncing straight to you on this. Uh, I'm going to take a flyer on one here. I'm, I'm hoping the ground will be, as mentioned, soft, heavy, just bottomless. I just want super light conditions for this. Uh, it's further into the afternoon, so more likely to get them according to what the forecast I'm using. So hopefully that's right. Um, I quite like. Lullaby Moon. Um, I think it's 33 to 1, 25 to 1, I can see now. Um, I didn't think she trained on um, earlier in the season. She's quite a small filly. Um, but she showed signs of life back at seven furlongs at Goodwood. She was ended up poorly positioned in a race where it paid to be handy and um, kept on well. It was over seven furlongs. She drops back to six here. Um, she's gone from Rafe Ralph uh, in the ammo racing <laughs> split to uh joe tweet i just kind of like the angle that it's a shed load of pace on here like there's there's bundles of it uh, punchbowl fly will blast off diligent harry um glenn shield it just looks to be lots of pace on there's a few few in the market that are shorter than her that i don't particularly like on the ground um the dream tab deed bushala um yeah i think she should be a bit shorter um if they do go hard, stamina will be brought into play, hopefully, and she can pick up the pieces from what may be a favourable high draw. Um, I'll probably play her in the place markets as well. 33 to 1. Double carpet. 33 to 1. <laughs> uh, from from um, Quentin there. Lullaby Moon. Good shout. You know, we like big prices on this show. And um, certainly, there was sign of life last time behind Last Empire. Um, a good wood in the oak tree. Um Interesting, interesting, interesting choice indeed. Um, out, out of the box there, left field. Andy, coming to you. Yeah, very one. Gary Wiltshire. Eh? If anybody hasn't, just, <laughs> as a, just as an aside, lovely fella, Gary. Um, um, if anyone hasn't seen the piece with him on Luck on Sunday, it's well worth a watch because that was about Cracking. 37 minutes of TV. Fantastic. Absolute Fantastic. Gold. 
Uh, could have been an hour and 37 minutes, could have been two hours and 37 minutes, and it would have been still been interesting. If you haven't seen it, go and take a look. It's absolutely brilliant with uh, with Gazza on there. And if anyone hasn't read, read his book as well, Giving a Little Back, I think it's called. Um, it, um, it is uh, really, uh, really a good, really good book to read. I'm not sure that's the right title, but um, I'm sure you can find it anyhow. Um, on with and, this and, race. Andy, just to interrupt you, I mean, did, didn't you find him refreshingly honest? Like, I've known Gary for years, you know, and, and uh, he's, he's absolutely, you know, just, yeah, just, I mean, just what, you know, what old, well, no, probably new school and probably, but, you know, very old school bookmaker um, from sort of the background I came from as well. Um, and I just, yeah, just refreshingly honest and, and brilliant. I mean, no, it's lovely to see people like that. You know, bouncing back, still doing well, and um, it was just just great TV. I, I watched it twice. You know, yeah, yeah. it was, I, that, I, it was I, that good. I watched it twice. I mean, it's it really, rare I endorse anything on bar stewards. You know, in terms of like other people. Yeah, apart from Jim, <laughs> but the it literally was great TV. You know, the, the, credit to Nick Luck, he, he let him flow. Uh, the sign of obviously a class um, interviewer. And and it was just yeah it was it's a, it, it, I will watch that again like you a second time anyway back back, back to the three fifteen sorry <laughs> yeah, about back that. to the Bengal stage before we get um yeah Glenn Shield is a massive class dropper isn't he yeah he's probably lost four races in Group One so he should be uh, think he's having a day out here really but I think there's a there's certainly one improver in this and the horse I really do like uh, great ambassador I was gutted to see him get beaten in the um in the uh, Air Gold Cup by Bielsa. We reopposes. Um, this time they won't be the width of the track apart. I did think actually it's hard to tell, but I actually did think Great Ambassador might have actually got to the front at one stage. But um, they certainly knew that the stand side rail. Uh, I mean, you only have to look at that the betting on on Betfair to know that there, there, there was a plan hatching here because that price never ever moved, and he got back really late on as well. Um, it's not the first time you've seen the draw flip in the Air Gold Cup because I remember Fontill Road winning up the far side when everything won on the near side. So always be careful yeah. of that. Um, but I do think Great Ambassador is a horse I, I do like. He was third in the Stewards Cup on bad ground. Uh, and rather like Hurricane Ivor, he's a sprinter I've followed throughout the year, really. Um, and I do think he's, you know, I, I actually think he probably stays a little bit further as well. I'd like to see him drawn a little bit higher. but. I do hope he, you know, he deserves to win a good race like this, and I do think he's a, a decent animal. Um, I'm also interested to see what, what to make of Diligent Harry because it's just his second turf start. I mean, it might go too soft for him. Then he got beaten the next second last time out. I think there's a few fascinating horses in this, but I definitely want to be with uh, Great Ambassador. I think he's a really nice horse. I think he'd be a better horse next year, uh, and I can see him clashing with Hurricane Ivor at Group level certainly next okay. year. Okay, so we've got Lullaby Moon for Quentin at 33s. We've got Great Ambassador um, at fours for Andy. Um, like you said, I was as sick as you, Andy, in the Air Gold Cup. John wasn't there, and I'm coming to John now because mm. John, John, John won plenty on Bielsa right up that stands rail, didn't you, John? He must be one of those late backers on Betfair then. <laughs> he, 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 John was John was in Clover, wasn't you? I think I just got lucky. Uh, <laughs> you didn't no 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 <laughs> not uh, in that. Uh I, I, I quite like Great Ambassador here. I don't think there's a lot I can add to what what Charlie Lady Brain said, other than 
I think this is a really interesting choice of comeback race for the shirt horse, Boussala. I think any money of this for that might be significant. And if the ground deteriorates and he takes the horse out and doesn't bother giving it a spin up, I think you can take it on board that he thinks a bit about it and stick it in your tracker. Interesting. I like things like that. So John has noticed Boussala off an absence, uh, first time gelded. For the shirt as well, possibly a big price, but agrees with Andy on great ambassador. Um, I, I'm going to be with Glenn Shield on the class drop. It's too big a class drop um, for me to ignore at this price. If this had been put in sort of two to one, nine to four, I would have understood. Um, it's it's seven to two currently available, and to me, um, I think that's worth well worth chancing the arm over a track that's very effective over. Conditions are fine, and as I said, this is a different level altogether than what uh, he's been contesting this season. So we move on uh, now to the final race at Ascot, which is the 350. Uh, it's the Seven Furlongs Equine Productions Challenge Cup Heritage Handicap. What I'd love to, what was this called before? Um, any, any, any ideas? Um, no. No? no. I mean, I mean this, this is what I don't like, right? Because it's like they basically changed the name. I, I, I like traditions and... I think this is like really terrible. I, I feel like we always have to we always have to mention the name. But it wasn't this was it? Not sure. Um, I, I don't like the BHA for this because this is one thing the BHA can control, and the BHA should always put the original race title, no matter who's sponsoring it. I hated it when they they even one year took the uh, Stewards Cup off the Stewards Cup, the mm. thirty two Red Cup. It was I was outraged. I was bouncing around the room in, in outrage. Um, you know, the, how can you do that to a Stewards Cup? 32 Red Cup, it's a disgrace. And the BHA need to sort this out. Anyway, that's my run. 350. Um, I'm going to start the race off because um, this is my joint sort of best bet of the weekend. I did like Frank Spencer in the 145, as you know, um, and I'm very keen on one here. Um, Tom Frey uh, of Rafe and Ralph at around the 16 to 1 mark, I think a massive price. On the premise that um, this is his ground, obviously, you know, the softer the better, heavy, that's fine, uh, whatever. Um, and last, if you look last back end, um, that's where he found his form and he's been left nice and fresh. He's been kept away from the fast ground, obviously, you know, that there's no point running him on fast ground. Uh, he's off 103, which you wouldn't say he's thrown in, but he's but not many races of this type. You're not dealing with thrown in types, so I'm not really bothered about that. It's the fact there's no pace in the race, no zero, not naught, nil, niche, nada. Stall 11, Richard King's coat. He's he's quite a sensible jockey. Uh, it's it's an easy ride. This bounce out, sit hand eight, lead, do whatever you need to do. Has to go close for me because all most of these horses are all like take back merchants. Um, so I think Tom Frey will run very big at a very big 16 to 1 each way. A pleasure, that's my joint uh, best bet of the weekend, folks. Uh, I'll move on to you, Andy, for your choice on this. Mm, we're gonna be the same because oh, I, I already God. thought Tom Frey had a pretty good chance. I, I was hedging towards um. Al Rufa, but the the thing that slightly put me off, and it comes back to my earlier comments about looking at the pace in races, and you've already touched on this, 
Lee, that there is absolutely zero pace in this, isn't there? No. There must be, half the field must be confirmed, and I do mean confirmed, hold-up performers. Drop out, uh, yeah. And we're down to what? We're down to 17 runners now, because documenting is a non-runner. Um, so if anybody is listening to this tonight, if those pesky bookmakers haven't taken him out and try and get your all four, although probably wasn't a price you would have got one on, but just believe in that. And if others do come out, one of my other bones at the moment, you're on about race names, Lee. My other one is why can't time form and the racing post adjust the draw for non-runners? Makes a total farce of the form book. Yeah, that that's that's a very, very good shout. You you as I know use the excellent pro form and yep. the draw becomes adjusted on there. So why can't those two organisations, the same, do use an adjusted draw? Because it otherwise makes it look a complete and utter farce sometimes. So anyhow, run by idiots. That's uh, yeah. that's uh, that's uh, that's by the by. So, so restricted to these, you have generally wanted to be a higher higher draw. I think that's where I'm coming from. And I did like, uh, you know, I, I appreciate the claims of Aldari and Aratus in this, but they're drawn one and two, and that slightly put me off them. Al Rufer I like, but just the lack of pace in the race just put me off, and that put me on to Tom Frey, and probably another hold-up horse who's drawn high in Ascension as well. I'll probably just have a go at the three, to be honest with you, at the prices. Um, yeah. It's a bit of a, it's one of those bit of a hit and hope races, but I appreciate where you're coming from with Tom Frey, because I do think he's got, he has actually got a chance here. Um, he's got some decent form earlier on. Um, it probably yet. I mean, the, the weight reversal, which is only a pound, probably isn't enough for him to reverse the form with, with River Nymph. But I think he's a little bit better drawn. He might get his ground a little bit better here. Uh, Al Rufa needs, needs it. The thing that slightly puts me off him, he needs a pace to settle off. And will he get any pace here? He actually bypassed the Cambridgeshire to run in this. So you've got to think that the, you know, the... Uh, the slim and uh, slim and Johnny Gosden might uh, have a little bit of a plan about this one. Um, so I'd, I'd certainly put him on the shortlist. And I thought Ascension has has been entered some time. I thought he travelled. Well. The John Smiths was one race he he travelled well into, but I thought the ten furlongs probably just stretched him a little bit there. Uh, and he and he's another one who needs a bit of easing ground. So if we get to Quinton's cloudburst, we might be on the right side. So you know, in order, I'd go with Tom Frey. Uh, Tom Frey and, and a couple of small savers on Ascension and Al Rufa. Make no mistake, listeners, if Tom Frey wins, I'm going round on my space hop around the room and he's on his hobby horse <laughs> drinking champagne through a straw, ra- running around the room. Believe me, this will happen. John, I'm coming to you on this. Um, I respect the chance of uh, Tom Frey very much. Um, the other one that I would mention here would be Al Ruffer. She definitely have won last time. Absolutely disgusting, brain-dead effort in the south. Um, that, I, I mean, nothing to do with the fact I backed him that day, obviously, um, but I was spitting more than if I'd gone down on Bella Emberg. <laughs> Uh, early today, so I mean they're not really been the kindest to this house with the jockey bookings, have they? Um, 
the the pace puts me off backing him tomorrow. Um, so I probably it's, it's a city out. Get the get the pace out and let the dog in job. Yeah, Quentin. So I'll rough off for John. It, like if anything. I had a small play on Aldari earlier in the week. Um, I'm pretty sure he's a group horse on soft ground, but he's now drawn to the, you go through the race, as you guys have said, there's no pace, which is a concern. Um, I think he'll be the best of these, but um, Tom Frey for me as well. Um, No, no pace in the race. Um, Everything just looks there for a, a perfect run. Like the setup of the race just looks, it, it looks ideal for it, doesn't it? Like it's one of them ones you can you can even get out in running. He's, he's going to lead the pack, absolutely. and so like you, you've got options there. Um, yeah, it's got to trade single figures, Quentin. Yeah, you're right. I literally as as long as it pings the lids, that's it. it it's it's you know there's nothing else that's going to change its running style. I don't think to a degree to to to, to worry about. Uh, Aldar is interesting by territories as well. I, I yep. love the. I love the ground angle for that. You you like that as well. So I mean seven to one, that's interesting for the shirt, uh, with Indian Jim on board. Um, right, so that clarifies uh, our selections for the uh tele races, barring, of course, we can't forget the Lurkel John red car for the yeah. final one. I thought the two been, year old trophy. I thought you'd have been going to Quentin first on this one, actually. Quentin's absolutely no one's got anything on this John I want you on this because you've got a big price bet in this I want you I have I've I've been pretty active as regards this race most of the week Um, I've had a fairly good look at it I think it's a little bit of a substandard two year old trophy this year Um, Mojo Maker ran okay at York but the Overall failing was easy to sailing, I felt. Mott and the Messer really put spots on it last time when it uh, ripping. If that hadn't happened, you'd have that one right in the mix, really, you know. Um, I'm just a bit worried there's no real excuse being put forward. Uh, now, the farm horses generally come to the far here, but we have had the odd one that's come here off maiden runs, usually winning ones, admittedly. And the same with plopping, well treated, you know. And I, I thought there was one or two in here that might have had aspirations towards listed class in town, and as a result, might be well treated. And the one that the golden pen has landed on is poetical piece of Trotter Nichols's. This was nicely backed on debut with Haydock and. I had a good look at this pre-race because I noticed it was significantly short in the betting. And I thought the horse really looked the part. Way to great to give itself justice in the race. Um, but looked as though it tighten up considerably for a run as well. Showed me enough early there to think the horse could acquit itself really, really well in this sort of grade next time up off this weight. Um, and that one got the nod ahead of Atomize from Charlie Fellows. I also thought could run well. I think that's drawn a little bit on the high side. So I've given Duran his pep talk last night, telling me he's not riding a forlorn no-hoper. And uh, he, he's accepted that with good grace. And 
I expect him to follow my instructions tomorrow. <laughs> poetical play. What, what? How does he pronounce it? Po- po- poetical piece. Po- poetical. Poetical piece. Poetical piece. Yeah. Interestingly named horse. John has come up with a, a big bet, and I know for a fact he's he snaffled the 66ers. He's dirty like that. He did it the other day. He was that excited. Um, so he's left you with 33s. He's, that That's John. You know, you get no change out of John. Um, so poetical piece for John is a, is a really nice big price nap there in the uh, two-year-old trophy at his local. Um <laughs> Right, I'm coming to... Well, b- before I come to... I've got no selection in this, but what I will say is the last two meetings at Redcar have played a significant low-draw bias where we're looking at uh, 12 of the last 13 races run on the straight course have been drawn seven or less. We know that Redcar can be a bit of a bias hole. For you have the selections away, Lee. Yeah, um, so we have to, you know, just, you know, kind of, kind of, just, just, just let them know about that. Um, but, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, but anyway, so yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to sort of get across. So maybe low, you want to consider, um, Andy, your views here. Uh, well, you're going through the graveyard. You could be coming out through the graveyard, uh, Red Kill, couldn't you? Um, it's not a race I really want. I, I obviously will get involved with uh, with John, although he's snaffled the, all the decent prices. I'll be scrambling around for the uh, uh, for the uh, the uh, the 33s on or a little bit bigger on the machine. I noticed I noticed someone's just snaffled all the 21s there as well that was up there. <laughs> Somebody's listening in. Um, like Lee, I, I mean, I you know, there's been about one or two meetings this year where you thought, hmm, High's got a chance here. Um, but I do favour the low. I suppose you give Last Crusader a chance on his gym crack run. Um, for those who like binary horses, um, Mott and the Messer must be the binary horse in this because uh, his form runs uh, what, 0 1 0 1 0. Could it be another win? He's got the draw installed one. I think that's what people are playing a little bit on. Um, beyond that, I probably wouldn't play in the race. I mean, if you look at the front end of the market, not on the mess of it, as John said, there's no real, we haven't heard an excuse for the, the rip and blowout last time out, but he is being backed. Last Crusade, you give a chance to, he's probably overpriced in his gym crack run. I think Vintage Claret's probably drawn a little bit too high. I'm not convinced about Chipotle, Chipotle or Chipotle um, anymore. It's had a few chances now. And like, um, like John, I should probably row in with uh, poetical peace as long as uh, Duran is um, going to uh, come towards the uh, or go towards the far side. And you read the script, Andy. Don't worry. All oh, right. Lovely. Uh, so, so Duran can apply the knockout blow. Absolutely. So, so uh, uh, John and Andy, poetical peace. Obviously, John's been 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 highlighting this for a bit um he's nicked the 66 as the bugger uh quentin i take it you've nothing in this i looked at the race and my notes kind of consist of horrible race to unpick uh high draw um has it been beneficial last few meetings pretty much everything you guys have covered um the notes also say there's probably one for everyone who's listening to tracker which is poetical peace um I felt he showed he, he showed a lot on debut. He travelled well, um, got tired and blew up, bit, showed a bit of greenness, but he went like a horse with ability. I actually backed him at Hamilton. Uh, when was Hamilton? Monday. 
and it got abandoned, which I was pretty pissed off with, to be honest. I thought, I think it was 11 or 2 then, and uh, the, yeah, meeting got abandoned and no bet. Um, but no, he, he's, one, he's one I would recommend for the tracker. Have you seen this, folks? Poetical piece. It's Andy Richmond, uh, Quentin Franks pinching John Lang's work. Um, <laughs> Just pinching the 33s. <laughs> but, but John's not bothered because he's had the 66s and he's laying you guys off now at 20s on the machine. Um, 46 points for nothing for John Joe. There's no flies on John Joe, and if they are, they're paying rent. Um Anyway, right, we, we're going to finish this first part of the podcast. We're going to move on to the second part of the podcast, uh, which is obviously covering France uh, on Saturday and France on the Sunday. So we hope you've enjoyed this. So if, so if you want Sacre Bleu and uh, Le, Le Frog action, uh, Vaunt, uh, Wind, uh, Il Pleur, it's hoining down, it's pissing down, Le Bog, um, that's that's coming up uh, in in in, uh, in 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 a little while. So so enjoy the enjoy this, and we're back for the second part. Bye for now.